can grab your Bibles again and turn to Matthew chapter 1 for our New Testament reading. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. It's going to be a breath of fresh air, I think, after weeks and weeks and weeks in the minor prophets, where we're going through two, three, even four chapters a week, hearing again and again the judgment of God against sin to this afternoon, spend our time in just a few verses and verses that are full of the good news of the gospel for lost sinners. So I'm excited to spend time this afternoon here at the end of Matthew chapter 1. Again, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Please pay attention to the reading of God's holy word. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the good news of the gospel that we see this afternoon in this passage. There's so much on our minds here in this Christmas season with blowing snow and travel, family getting together, gifts and meals. We just ask that during uh, this time, especially as we spend time in your word, that you would take our minds from those distractions, that our eyes would be fixed upon Jesus Christ, that we would hear the good news that Christmas reminds us of this afternoon. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as some of you may know, my wife, Lexi, and I have just recently begun the adoption process, which is extremely exciting, overwhelming, and frightening all at the exact same time. Right now, we are in the process of filling out mounds of paperwork for a home study and beginning the process of raising funds to adopt a child. And there, again, are many things in this process that are exciting and frightening. And one of those things is the challenging discussion about names. What do you name a child? Some of you have 
gone through this process yourself, it's incredibly intimidating, or at least I think it's incredibly intimidating to think about how I would name a child. What girl names do we like? What boy names do we like? Someone is going to have to be stuck with the name that you give them until they die, unless they hate it so much that they change their name the instant they get old enough to do so. Names are serious things. And this is even more so true when a person's name is more than the personal preference of their parents, but a name that is given from heaven, a name that carries an eternally significant meaning. During the Christmas season, we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And as we consider his birth, let us consider his name. And as we'll see in this passage, let us consider his names. The passage that I just read from at the end of Matthew chapter one is the classic Christmas story that many of us have probably heard every single December of our life. It is the account of a baby being born to a virgin whose coming was announced by an angel to Joseph. And as we look at these few verses, though, I want you to notice there's a repetition of a specific phrase. Look at verse 21 with me. You shall call his name. And verse 23, they shall call his name. And then verse 25, and he called his name. Now, why all of this emphasis on the name or the names? It's because when you understand the names of this baby in this passage, then you can understand the significance of this baby, not only for Mary and Joseph, but for all of us and for this world. And the great thing for us is as we spend just a little bit of time in this text this afternoon, the great thing for us is that both of the names we see, Jesus and Emmanuel, are interpreted for us right in the passage. It makes my job as the preacher very, very easy. So let's look at these two names, Jesus and Emmanuel. Again, the first name is Jesus. Look with me to verse 21 again. This is the angel speaking to Joseph. The angel said, she, it's talking about Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So again, Jesus didn't get his name because Mary and Joseph thought it had a very nice ring to it, uh, but because it had a God-ordained significance for this child. And as I said, we don't have to guess at this significance because the angel tells Joseph clearly what that name meant. His name was Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, the name Jesus comes from the same Hebrew name as Joshua, which means, Josh? Yes, Yahweh saves, the Lord saves, or even the Lord is salvation. So right even from before his, his birth, we know that Jesus was coming as a savior. But a savior from what? The angel also makes that clear for us. He will save his people from their sins. Whatever other things we need deliverance from, and those are many things, 
The chief problem that must be dealt with is our sin. The consequences of our disobedience to God, our failure to love him, our failure to love our neighbors. So whether you feel this afternoon shame or guilt or fear because of the grime that you know is in your heart, even that grime that other people don't see, know this Christmas that God in his love and in his grace has provided a way for salvation in Jesus. So let his birth be a great source of joy and hope for you today. So this Christmas, as we remember the birth of Jesus, let's also remember why he was born. He was born to save his people from their sin. But Jesus isn't the only name that we see in this passage. This baby is also called Emmanuel. So look with me to the next two verses, verses 22 through 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The quote here is from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, from the passage that was read for our Old Testament reading. It's God declaring this promise of a sign to King Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah. And just like with the name Jesus, the name Emmanuel is interpreted for us, this time not by the angel, but by the author of this gospel, Matthew. Matthew would have known that not all of his readers would have known Hebrew. And so he interprets the Hebrew for us, the name Emmanuel, so that we would all see it and see its significance. Emmanuel means God with us. This name shows us, I think, at least two very important things. It shows us much more than this. But I want to zoom in on two important things that this name, Emmanuel, God with us, shows us. First, it shows us how Jesus saves us. So we've already seen that Jesus is the Savior, the Savior from sins. But Emmanuel shows us how Jesus was going to go about the salvation, how Jesus saves us. And then it also shows us the goal of salvation or the why of salvation. For what purpose did Jesus come to save us? So let's look at those two things briefly here. First, the name Emmanuel shows us how Jesus saves us. One of the most common ways that we respond when we see our sin is to try to ascend to heaven. And by this, I mean that we try by our own efforts to fix our problems or the problems of our world. We think that if we just try harder, if we just get along with family this Christmas season, if we just give good gifts, or if we do more good things, or if we're more spiritual in the coming new year, that we can save ourselves. It's like we think that we can build a ladder by which we can climb our way up to God, to climb our way up to heaven. But the name Emmanuel reminds us that salvation can only come when God descends to us, not when we ascend to him. God comes to dwell among us. That's the amazing thing about the birth of this child. This was no ordinary child who was commissioned by God to come and deliver his people. Jesus was not just merely another Moses or Joshua or David. This was God himself, the only son of the father, taking on a human nature, a true body, 
a true and real human soul. God didn't send someone else to do his dirty work, to come do the hard work of salvation. Nor did God quarantine us off and push us off in a corner. The good news here is that God came to dwell among us, to experience the suffering of a human life, to be betrayed, to die. Again, we may wonder sometimes if God could possibly love us when we know the depths of our sinful hearts. We know our shame. We know the filth that is inside of us. We know our our weaknesses. And while other people might just see the best foot forward that we put out into the world, we know what dwells within us. Especially in this social media age, we can only post the best pictures of us, the most flattering pictures, the best things that we have accomplished, the fun things that we are going to do. We can put this great face to the world, but we know what dwells within us. And we can ask, if God knows what is within me even better than I know what is within me, how could God possibly love us? The good news here is that while God knows us completely, with full and complete knowledge of our sin, God, our Savior, takes on human flesh to be with us, to be one of us, to be identified with us, even to the point of taking on himself our sin to the cross, taking all of our filth and draping over us his fresh, clean, and shining robes of perfection. So let us remember again Emmanuel on this Christmas day and Christmas Eve, and remember that God came to save us by coming among us, by taking on a human nature. But the name Emmanuel also shows the goal of our salvation. Why? Why did Jesus come to save us? Emmanuel is the culmination of all of God's covenant promises throughout scripture. The central promise of the covenants between God and man in scripture is what some theologians call the Emmanuel principle. The Emmanuel principle. It's this refrain that we see in the covenant promises. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God, and you will be my people. That means that the promise of salvation is a promise of a restored relationship with God. God will be our God. We will be God's people. God will be ours. We will be his. That sentence itself is astounding, that God would be ours, and we would be his. And the pinnacle of that promise is found in the presence of God with his people. Again, his plan is not just to forgive them and then leave them alone or hold them at at arm's length to say, I've forgiven you. I've done this, but I really don't want to be with you, which maybe we do with family sometimes at this season. I love you. I just don't really want to see you, right? God doesn't do that. His plan And his purpose in the gospel is to save us, adopt us, and then to dwell with us forever. And this promise found its initial fulfillment in the birth of Jesus Christ. God came to dwell among us, to be with us by becoming one of us. But the good news is that it doesn't end there. It doesn't end with the incarnation. The son of God took on human flesh forever. So when we're united to Jesus in faith, 
We're united to him in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and we're still united to him as he's ascended in heaven right now. Think about this for a minute. A true human body and soul dwell in heaven right now, guaranteeing that we also will be with God. And though Jesus isn't physically with us right now, we have two things from Jesus. Right now, even in this present age with Jesus ascended to heaven, he has given us two things. He's given us his Holy Spirit and he's given us a promise. The Gospel of Matthew ends its first chapter here with this promise and reminder that the birth of Jesus meant that God had come to dwell among us. But if you look at the end of Matthew, flip with me to the last chapter of Matthew, Matthew 28. So we've looked at the end of the first chapter. Let's look at the end, the last sentence of the last chapter of the gospel of Matthew. This is Jesus' words to his disciples. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always, even as he was ascending up to heaven. He was with, he would, said he will be with us always. The Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas day is still with us by his Holy Spirit. He still encourages us and equips us for service to his kingdom. And this very same Jesus is the one that promised as well that he is coming again. So he gave us his spirit and he gave us a promise. The final chapter, not just of the Gospel of Matthew, the final chapter of the final book of the Bible reminds us of the greatest blessing of salvation that we will receive when Jesus returns. Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 through 4, the goal of our salvation. No longer will, the, will, will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb, that's Jesus, will be in it and his servants will worship him. And the most amazing promise of all of the end of Revelation, they will see his face. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. What is our hope in salvation? That we will dwell with God forever because God came to dwell among us. This is good news. Let it fill our minds this Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you in your love and grace would send your only son, Jesus Christ, to come and be born in a humble, lowly estate, to come be among us, to be with us, to live for us, die for us, rise and ascend for us, and promise that one day he will return. Help us to fix our eyes upon him and upon the promise of his return with longing that we will see you, know you, and dwell with you for all eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.